Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join pastors Michael and Heather Jarreau and their passion to help you live out your best life. We hope you enjoyed today's encouraging and uplifting message. Hi, and you made it. You made it to Sunday. Thank God it's Sunday. Thank God Fairfax Campus is joining us. This round of applause is just to tell you that we love you right where you are, what God is doing in Fairfax, hearing great reports. Um, man, we're excited for what God's going to do in your life today. And uh, wasn't that a great bumper right there? I hope you're feeling a little nostalgic with your pixie sticks and your cow tail candies and uh, all that good stuff. But before we do anything else, a really big deal. We need to make a lot of noise as we say goodbye to our citizen kids here in Tenley Town. Say goodbye to them in Fairfax. We've got some great things planned for them. And uh, if you haven't seen the the uh, Tenley Town campus's older kid citizen r- citizen kid room, uh, we just finished like phase one of some renovations. Go check it out. That's that's you at work, Citizen Heights. Way to go! And uh, see what is happening down there. Go ahead and take your Bibles with me. Uh, both campuses, and turn with me to Psalm chapter 68, verse 6. If you have a mobile device and you have downloaded the Citizen Heights app, go ahead and pull that out as well. Uh, you can use that as your Bible app because it's built in. You can also tune in, in the uh, uh, right on the front page of the app and also in the upper left-hand corner. If you click on a link, you can go right to the notes for today's discussion, and uh, you'll have all the verses and all the, all the talking points right there on the app. I, s- I said a couple weeks ago, over 700, almost 800 people now have downloaded the app. So keep downloading it. Keep using it. It's a great tool for 21 days of prayer. And uh, my goodness, God is doing some great things in prayer. And man, when Heather prays like that at wrap-up, I go, man, just keep, just preach now. Just keep going. It was so good. Uh, Psalm 68, uh, new series today. Thank God it's Sunday. Make sure you hashtag, t- uh, hashtag TGIS. Um, when you're posting stuff that God is saying to you, why have it end with you? Uh, let it reverberate and echo to your circle of friends and people who follow you and know you. And uh, tag us as well at Citizen Heights. So people, people are always looking for church and looking for community. And so tag that. Matter of fact, I think we have a new photo wall downstairs at, at this campus where you can take some 90s-themed photos um, and post them. All right, you got Psalm 68? Middle of the book, split it in half, 19th book of 66 books, the book of Psalms, a collection uh, of, of psalms, songs, poems, and we're going to read something today that, that will reach out of the history and the day and age in which, which it was written and hopefully arrest us to a reality that God has planned for each and every life right here, right now, starting in verse 6. Matter of fact, we'll just read one verse. Are you ready? And just half of the verse, it says... God places the lonely in families, he sets the prisoners free, and he gives them joy. You know, it's so good, and it's so short, I wonder if we can all read it together. Can we do it? Are you ready to do one of those not monotone, but expressive group reads at church? Uh, You can see it right there on the screen, see it on your Bible, let's go. God places the lonely in families He sets the prisoners free, 
and gives them joy. Come on, anybody else ready to get some freedom? Anybody want another level of freedom? Anybody ready for an outpouring of God's joy in your life? Well, it starts in his family. Family matters. You know, back in the 90s, if you recall, there was this, uh, this program lineup on Friday nights called TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. They'd all say, say thank God it's funny. And it was a lineup of, of TV shows. And during this series, each week we want to use a, a, a play on one of those popular TGIF shows uh, that will help us illustrate that when we use our Sundays the way God intended us to use our Sundays, when we gather, when we grow, when we share our gifts together, that we begin to live not just the best life that you could have uh, put together for yourself, but God's best version of your life. <clears throat> and this week, uh, our topic is family matters. And so, of course, we have to go to the TGF show, Family Matters. Anybody remember the show? Anybody here remember it? Family Matters uh, is, was, was a television show about a family. They were called uh, the Winslow family. They were a middle-class family growing up in Chicago. And um, the dad was a police officer. Uh, his name was Carl. So there was Carl the dad. Henrietta, maybe, is the wife. I know the son is Eddie. The daughter is Laura. And uh, so it's showing the, the, this family navigating through life, of course, uh, alongside of their accident-prone, ultra-nerdy neighbor, Steve Urkel. So if Family Matters didn't ring a bell to you, maybe the name Urkel does. Uh, it, it ran for nine seasons, and if you don't remember, or even if you do, this is the kind of exchange you could expect between the Winslow family and Mr. Urkel. Take a look. What is the problem? It's our neighbor. <laughs> Steve Urkel. That's the payoff line. Did I do that? Steve, uh, Steve would ruin everything almost every episode. Uh, and that was his infamous catchphrase. Did I do that? And, uh, but without Steve Urkel, I don't know if I would. I don't know if any of us would even know the show Family Matters. He, he made the show, didn't he? I mean, that level of overacting is rarely seen. <laughs> the subtleties of the comedy. Uh, we wouldn't know who, uh, or we wouldn't have never known that Family Matters existed without Steve Urkel. Nine seasons it ran. Almost a decade of our lives. It's a long time. But did you know, this is an educational program, did you know that the entire first season of Family Matters almost went went by until they introduced the character in the neighbor, Steve Urkel. He was not part of the original concept and idea for the show. It was about the Winslow family, which was a spinoff of another show that we'll visit here soon. 
without Steve Urkel, nearly a decade of our lives, did I do that. And it wasn't until the, almost the end of the first season. Urkel quickly became the show's breakout character. He became the main character. He became the star. And it almost didn't have him in it. That would have been a short-run show. Uh, I can't imagine Family Matters without Steve Urkel. And when it comes to God, when it comes to church, when it comes to Sundays, uh, maybe you feel like a latecomer. Maybe you feel like you weren't in the original plan. Maybe you feel like you're a tag-along and, and there isn't a part left for you to play. But can I just tell you, Sundays had you written in the original script. Sundays had you in mind. From God's very beginning to your very beginning, God saw you. The beginning of God's plan saw you graciously written in his story of redemption, graciously written in his story of mission and his story of purpose. See, we've been invited into a family, and that family matters. Now, I know they say you can't choose your family, and that's true, flesh and blood, but God chooses your spiritual family, and that family matters to you. We make a few messes here and there, right? We show up, we, we bumble, we stumble. Uh, we don't do it all right. But God's intention for his family includes you and me. It really does. Even though we're imperfect, it includes you and I. So our title for today's discussion, if you like titles, it, it's simply this. Thank God it's Sunday because God's family matters. Thanks, thank God it's Sunday because God's family matters. And maybe you didn't know it mattered, and maybe it doesn't really matter to you if you'd be truly honest, and that's what we want. We're in church after all. But I believe that as you, as you walk through today and maybe a few other days with us over the next five weeks, maybe something gets inside of you, and maybe Sundays are what you're missing. And it's not about a day. And it's not about a holy chart of, of doing good and checking off an obligation of church attendance, but there's something built into God's plan for Sunday that you and I are not going to become everything we could have been unless we dial into that frequency. Sundays is where it happens. I want to give you three things that you find in God's family that will make you say, thank God it's Sunday. Are you ready? Three things that you'll find in God's family that will make you say, thank God it's Sunday. The first one is this. When you, when you dial into Sundays, you begin to live your life with care. You begin to live your life with care. I mean, I'm so glad that in Fairfax today, there's an assembly of people, part of us, part of our community, our church, that are receiving care. They weren't even there four years ago, five years ago. They weren't even there. But you cared enough to say, let's go, let's send, let's sow. And now there's people who are getting married, people who are dedicating their babies, people that are getting their lives restored, people are getting their life back on track, people are getting jobs, people are keeping jobs, people are staying married because somebody cared. See, in God's house you live with care, and we just read that in Psalm 68. We'll read it again. God places the lonely in families. He places us in families. The, see, the language of family is all throughout the Bible. The language of family is not just a natural concept, father, mother. There's a spiritual concept. Are you dialing into this for a minute? I mean, it, it, when the Bible talks about God being our father, that's family language. When he talks about us being sons and daughters and not just servants, that's family language. When he talks about you and I loving one another as brothers and sisters, that's family language. This is a family thing, and God's family matters. In fact, 
no matter what your natural family, no matter what your start in, in, in your concept, whether it reinforced everything family should be or violated everything that you thought family should be, God's family can help redeem. God can, God's family can help restore. This is all family language, and I love family. Family matters. I mean, I love my kids, my natural kids. I love them. I love spending time with them. I love caring for them. I love spending money on them. I know it's weird. You know, if you're single, you might go, I don't get that. Like, I love me time, and I love something happens when that baby is born, and you're holding them, and all of a sudden, your dreams, although for your life were huge, it's amazing how such a tiny little foot can step and crush all your big dreams, you know, and crush in a good way. Like, I'm not saying there's not a mourning and there's not a loss and there's not an adjustment, but what I am saying is something happens. I'd rather see my children blessed than see myself blessed. I'm not sure when or how that happened, uh, but it happens because family matters, and family can do that to you. That family can, nothing else can. See, children have ways of getting to you that nobody else can. And so even when they're little, and, and understand, after you're, you go through pregnancy, by virtue in proxy to, through your wife, and, and vicariously, I went through pregnancy through my wife, and, and after you go through that, and you're not sleeping as well, and it's restless nights, and then the baby comes, and you want to recharge your batteries, and it's time to get back to sleep time, and as soon as they're old enough, they're creeping into your bed, and, and my kids would just, they'd come right into the bed, they didn't tiptoe in, they'd, just, they'd walk into the bedroom, and just kick the door open. It would slam against it. There was no pretense. There was no tiptoeing. There was no concern for my sleep clock and my needs. And then they'd come up and just start tapping on my forehead. Daddy, 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 daddy. And you can fake it for a long time, I found. (laughs) And sometimes they'd go to the other side of the bed. But Invariably, if they don't get through, daddy, 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 they'll just literally pry your eye open. And now your eye is being pried open as you stare up into the demanding face of a toddler. And you get up. And you say, I guess this is how my day is starting. It's starting with this thought, what do you need? What do you need? Why? Because there's care. Do you know you have a father who cares for you? And even though you might feel like, well, am I bothering him? Am I bothering him? He's a good father. The Bible says if we as earthly moms and dads know how to give good gifts, how much more does our heavenly father care for us? He gives care. Come on, when you care about something, when you, when you care about something, You care for that something. God cares about you. He cares for you. When you care about something, you want to see it blessed, doing all you can. So we live with the care of the Father. That's amazing. Sundays, if you don't get in any other place, now you can remind yourself on Monday and you can listen to a tape or or tape. What? Sorry. We're 90s. It's retro. It's intentional. You know, you can read a book on Wednesday, but Sundays is like the airdrop 
of God's provision and reminder for your life. And you get to unpack it all week long, not just the truths that you read, not just the move in your own heart through the worship that we sing, not just reminiscing some of the words that were spoken, but living within the community, the family that matters. Family matters. So we live with the care of the Father. Psalm 68 said, God places you. He sets you free. He gives you joy. See, no matter how messed up your family was, family is still something we desire, something we still hope for, something we still long for, maybe even hesitantly and reluctantly. But no matter what family issues spoiled the ideal for you, God's family still matters for you. Matter of fact, it matters more than most. The truth is we need this family. That's the truth. We need this family because we need this care. You need care in your life. And when you get into God's family, you begin to live with care. I wouldn't be the person I am today had there not been people God put in my life and around my life within the context of the local church that believed in me before I believed in me, who knew God had a call on me before I knew God had a call on me. People that cheered you on, people that believed the best, the family of God, when you live with care, you, something happens. When you live with care on Sundays, you begin to care for others on Sundays. See, maybe you haven't been hitting the mark in, 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 in some of the things God has for your life because it takes, you have to get, you have to receive the kind of love it's going to take to love some of the people in your life right now. It's not going to be naturally generated just by your own goodness. Sorry. The Bible says none are good. No, not even one. So any goodness we have to give is, is something that we, we extract in the exchange between our Heavenly Father and His love for us as sons and daughters. And now that we have care, we can give care. 1 Corinthians 14 says, even so, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, because Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and everybody's super excited to have a title and have a ministry and accomplish stuff and get stuff done. And he said, hey, since you're all so zealous for these spiritual gifts, just don't forget the whole motive, the whole reason behind these gifts. He says, let it be for the edification, for the building of the church that you seek to excel. Paul says, don't just want to get good at your job. Don't just want to get good at your ministry and calling. Get good at caring for people. Build the church. Seek, if you're going to seek to excel at anything, seek to excel at building God's people. Sundays are, are, are there to get care, but then you get to give care. We live with care and we give care. Thank God it's Sunday. Thank God it's Sunday. Sundays are the best. Because Sundays are where I get to be reminded of God's care for me. He hasn't forgotten me. The deal's not off. I'm not disqualified. He's still waiting with arms open, ready to receive me. I get to be reminded of that, but then I get to be filled up and remind somebody else that God is no respecter of persons. And and he doesn't look at you or me any differently than he looks at this one or that one. He sees us as his son and as his daughter with arms open. I'd clap too, but I can't. I'm holding the microphone. Jesus ran toward the pain. He ran toward the pain of others and embraced the pain that other people have. Not away from it. So must his family. So must his church. We press into the world's pain. We share it, and we, 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 
we invest in it, we pray for it, and we help bear it. Why? Because people have needs. Have you noticed? People have problems. Remember yours? Come on, people have challenges. So it's, it's not someone else's problem. It's the family's purpose. That's our purpose. So that's what we do. That's what Sundays are for. Messed up people don't interrupt our Sundays. Messed up people are our Sundays. Messed, messed up people don't interrupt what we do around here. Messed up people are what we do around here. And if you're not a messed up person, then you're not a very self-aware person. <laughs> More on that later. Every person is called to be part, right? Every single one of us is called to be part of this mission and adventure. And our mission adventure is this. It's reconnecting humanity to the heart of the Father. That's it. Reconnecting humanity to the heart of the Father. That's why we're here. Thank God it's Sunday because someone needs someone else to care. And, 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 and all of us need God to care. Family matters. Number two. You say thank God it's Sunday when you begin to live with ownership. Sunday's become a TGIS moment for you when you begin to live with ownership. Matthew 16 has the words of Jesus for it. It says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what Jesus said about Sundays. You know, because Sunday used to be Saturdays. Did you know that? And then Saturday switched to Sundays. You know what I'm talking about? We're talking about the Sabbath, and the Sabbath originally was Saturday, the, the day of rest. But when Christ rose from the dead on a Sunday, they said, hold, hold up. This is a new, a new day, a new testament, a new agreement, a new grace. And so we no longer have to keep the law to be found favorable in God's eyes. We need to receive Jesus and and so from now on, our rest is not just in a day from work, it's in a person from, from striving. And so we find ourselves on a Sunday, thanking God it's Sunday, and Jesus said about Sundays, I'm going to build my church. Jesus promises, I will build my church. And Jesus didn't say, I'll build the church, he said, I will build my church. Say my church. Say it possessively, like my church. Look at the person next to you like they're trying to take it away from you. Say, my church. Yeah. See, we're a mean crowd. Don't mess with us. We'll steal your stuff. I thank God it's Sunday. You know, you get a I thank God it's Sunday revelation when you get a Jesus valuation of the church. When you adopt Jesus' valuation of the church... You get a revelation of Sundays. You go, oh, Sunday's not just another day on the calendar. It's not just another day, you know, for, for football and brunch. It's something more. See, and if I believe in Jesus, the church becomes my church. There's ownership. When you, you get to start living with ownership, my church, say my church, feels good, right? Owning is better. We used to have somebody in the church, they'd always, we'd go out with them. It was another couple, and they'd be like, oh, you know what? You, you know, you should do this with your church. And hey, you, you know what? You should do that with your church. And this person came to this church. And it, it probably took like maybe four times I heard it, and that was all I could bear. And I stopped them. I said, what is your problem? 
Why are you saying my church and the church? Is it your church or not? Because I see you on Sundays. And if you thought maybe I felt too possessive over it, let me just give you some permission. You can say my church. And so they would slip up a couple of times every time we get together, and I'd just look at them. Don't. My church. Jesus promised. That was his promise. I will build my church. Not my 501c3, not my uh, parachurch organization, not just good things happening in homes between people who have a commonality in their faith. He said, I'm building something that is organizational and and simultaneously an organism. It's alive, but it has structure, and it's got a structure because God has a purpose in it, and that purpose is to care for you and carry you somewhere so that you can have a part to play. My church. Colossians 1. You don't have to write this down. Well, you probably should. Colossians 1.18. You should write it down. I'm not going to tell you not to write down a Bible verse, but listen. It says that Jesus is the church, is the head of the body. It says Jesus is the head of the body. So it's talking about the church, and it says just imagine the church is a body just operating, and unless Jesus is connected to this thing, it has no head. But Jesus is connected to this thing. So if you are going to be connected to Jesus, guess what else you are connected to? If you're really connected to Jesus, you are connected to the family. You're part of his body. Ownership means something. It means investment. It means involvement, right? When you own something, you invest and you own. You ever rent a car? You treat that well? No. No big surprise, no condemnation, right? You don't care if it makes it to its 36,000-mile checkup. You need it to last for Tuesday and Wednesday. And you treat it as such, right? Why? Because we don't own it. And when you don't own it, you don't involve yourself or invest yourself. Come on, you rent a house, what do you do? Bare minimum. Bare minimum. Don't you want to paint the walls now? We're gone in a year. Don't you want to, you know, do some landscaping? It's not my house. Why would I improve his or her equity? Right? Because when you don't own, you don't invest yourself and you don't involve yourself. Look what Hebrews 10 says. Verse 24 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another, right? We're taking care of one another. We need that care. And then verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is, I'm not going to talk about names, the manner of some people. Some people have given up on this thing. Some people have forsaken Not the attending, it says the assembling. Attending is a different word in the Greek than assembling. Assembling is you're getting fit together. And and the corners of my life are getting knocked off and the corners of your life are getting knocked off and we become these living stones that are fitly framed and formed together because God saw us and knew we needed us to be part of us in the family together. And then it goes on, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day. It doesn't say, it says, don't attend less, assemble more. Sundays are family days. Come on, this family. I know it's your family day. I know it's my family day. But Sundays are this family day. And, and we're all in the family business. 
whether we knew it or not. Guess what our family business is? Jesus and people. Jesus and people. Sundays it tells us in Hebrews 10 that they're for considering each other, stirring up love in each other, doing good works, showing up, assembling, exhorting. See, I get a thank God it's Sunday revelation when I accept God's invitation for me to be part of this family. I get a Sunday revelation of thank God it's Sunday. I don't have to go. I get to go. And when I go and I actually share my life and I grow in God and I step into worship and I allow the Holy Spirit to begin to align me, man, there's something inside of me like Psalm 122 when David said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. There's a gladness in his family when you find your place in his family, but you don't get a revelation of that family until you receive an invitation to that family to say, yes, this is my church, this is my family, this is where God has placed me. I am preaching, I don't know about how Fairfax, I hope you're amening great, because I'm, I'm preaching so much better than Tenley Town is amening right now. This is just between the two of us right now, but no. I know you're just thinking about it. You ever get an employee, when, you, when you're looking for help and you're at a, a place of business and you're, you're looking for something and it's retail and it's one of those warehouse crazy large and there's stuff everywhere and you just, you just want to find that one little part and it's so small, how could you ever find it in such a big, big place and you see somebody and, and you find that employee who, who's decided they're just an employee and they're not a shareholder and they have no ownership concept and somewhere in the course of your conversation seeking that thing and your frustration and them not having, having that thing or not finding that thing, their response is something like, well, I just work here. Like, I just work here. Like, I wonder what the percentage. We'd probably be terrified if we knew the percentages of people in church that are just like, I, I just attend here. I just attend here. Hey, what are we going to do about citizen kids at the end of October? Because, you know, we got Halloween coming, and we want something to blow their minds and do something big. I don't know. I, I just attend here. Why? You have great ideas. You have something that you could add to it. You know what it is? It's a punch a clock fulfilling obligation mentality. And we see it in the workplace. It's terribly unfulfilling in the workplace. I think it's worse in church. I don't think I would be very happy attending that way. Like, well, I just attend here. What do you want me to do? I just attend here. Uh, what I'd like you to do is assemble here. Because that's better. It's better for you. It's better for your relationship with God. Right? Some people punch the clock. That punch the clock mentality is I come late, I leave early. Sometimes we do that in church, just saying, come late, leave early. Nobody's watching. I just happen to notice everything. I'm not watching. I just, it's just how God made me. Ask Heather. I could write a list afterwards. I don't, because, and the good news is I love beyond the list, but I'll tell you this. I don't know how that came out, but we can just get rid of that in the post-production. Add some canned laughter right there. <laughs> it was so funny. Come late. Leave early. Man, don't settle for that. Sundays are more than that. I got stuff to do. Can I tell you, your stuff is going to look a lot better with God's family supporting it. It's just going to look so much better. Next week is Citizen Group Sunday. You know, Citizen Group Sunday is when we all get to join a citizen group. You know, that takes a little bit of effort. You know how much effort it takes? You actually have to walk out of this room, 
go down stairs. Gravity helps you, but it, you do have to go down the stairs. Enter a room and just walk up to somebody who's got an iPad and just says, hey, I'm here to help. What kind of group are you looking for? And, and walk you through. So easy. Now, I've signed my kids up for youth sports in D.C. They, hi- they don't have websites. They don't have phone numbers. They don't have people who answer the phone. Like, you, you have to work so hard to commit yourself to drive your child to multiple, multiple, multiple obligations. Shout out to Easton Wendell, my youngest, who made it to AAA baseball. He's... He tried out. He didn't know if he was going to make it. He made it on the monuments. They pitched a great game, won won their first game. And uh, Brody, who also goes to the church, pitched a great game, got the win. Easton got the walk-off, stand-up double. He's feeling pretty good about life. And today, we'll get out of church, and we've got a 1 o'clock football game with him, and then a 5 o'clock baseball game. Listen, I work hard to sign him up just and pay money so I can drive my car and take my time, and it, it's not easy. You just walk downstairs next week. You walk up to somebody with an iPad. You say, the pastor said I should be in a group because family matters. And they will put you in a group of people that are for you, love you, when your rent is, uh, lease is up, they will help move you. They'll help fund you when you go on mission trips. I mean, our citizen groups are legitimately supporting and caring and growing your life. It couldn't be more easy, but this is what it takes. Oh, I can't leave early. I usually come late and leave early. You're attending, and we love you right where you're at. But I love you too much. To settle for that, you just I'll keep saying it to you. I'll just keep saying it, and we'll say, hey, when you're ready, because some of us are getting through some stuff, and some of us have a, have a few hesitancies for a good reason, and some of us need, need a little bit of understanding to heal, and you got all that and more here with this family, but you'll still hear it again. Come closer. Come closer. Well, you get the third point on the app if you want it. We'll end with this. Family matters. You know, it, it still boggles my mind. I went for nine seasons. It's actually in third place for something, for the longest run of, of some sitcom superlative. But, um, but the main reoccurring plot for nine seasons, the main reoccurring plot, if you tuned in on any given episode, which, by the way, is running on Hulu. You can watch the whole thing. It's awesome. The, the, the same plot, almost every single episode was uh, Steve's unrequited love for Laura. It, almost any episode you can tune in, and it's Steve scoping, swooping, scooping. Laura rejecting, rejecting, rejecting. It finally happens in season nine. They get together. Nine seasons. Same plot. His love, her rejection. See, every Sunday has a common theme. It never gets old. It's being pursued by the love of God. Heather said it, the unconditional, impossible, incomprehensible love 
of God for your life and for my life. It's, it's the plot. People, it is the plot. If you're waiting for it, it, it gets deeper because there's Greek and there's Hebrew and there's all kinds of stuff. But at the surface, you find your soul refreshed to be reminded on a Sunday, God still loves me. God still cares about me. God is still for me. No matter how long you run, he never grows weary of the pursuit. He'll say it again. Jeremiah 31, we close with this. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving devotion. And he says, verse 4, he says, again, I'm going to build you, and you'll be rebuilt. Why do you need Sundays? Why would you ever wake up on a Sunday morning and say, thank God, it's Sunday? Because you have a God who loves you, who's pursuing you, who's going to build you. And everything he begins, he finishes if we allow him. If we allow him the room. Remember, Jesus is the body. I mean, Jesus is ahead of the body. If you're with Jesus, you're here. You're part of it. It's not optional. And it's not an obligation. It's not an institution. It's a relationship. That's what he's after with you. Can I pray for you? We just close your eyes all over Fairfax and here in Tenley Town, wherever you might be viewing or listening today. It's all about this one simple message. Jesus loves you that much. It all starts with him. I just want to pray for two kinds of people. This morning, the first group, you might just want to respond to this message. You say, Sundays, man, it's, I don't know, I've just kind of been AWOL. I've kind of been missing it. I didn't see the value in it. I didn't know God's plan was part of it. I just, I just didn't know. Or maybe you knew, and, and this is just that reminder you needed, that this can all happen. So much more happens when we get to God's house on God's day with God's people and, and put ourselves in a position to hear God's word. To experience God's presence. Worship isn't just the passage of time and a great way to, to mingle and break up a crowd and start a meeting. It's the presence of God. And yeah, you'll feel it on Monday morning and Tuesday morning because he loves you and, he'll, and it's right there. But where two or more are gathered, he's right there. And what God does in the midst of a community, it's special. If that's for you, you just want to raise your hand and say, yeah, this is for me. I want Sundays to be, I want to be all in, as intended by God on Sundays. That's for you, just raising your hand. Thank you, God, for all these hands. Thank you, Lord, that you see hearts of those who say, Lord, um, let there be Holy Spirit conviction. Let there not be condemnation. <laughs> the condemnation of man yields nothing except shame. But the grace of God comes through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So, God, we pray for your grace to say yes to you, change our hearts, fix our minds and our attitudes. Lord, check us when we need to be checked. We say yes to you. We say yes to your plan on Sundays. And with every eye closed, those we said earlier, we said those who love the Father live in the family. And maybe you're not living in that family. Maybe it's a, a faraway concept or something that you've left behind years ago. 
I want to give you an opportunity right now. I'm going to pray a general prayer over us as we close here in a minute. We'll give you a few announcements and, and, and have you on your way. But with every eye closed right now in this holy moment, if you were to be truly honest, you'd admit, I don't know if I'm in the family. I don't know where I stand with the Father on the count of three. I'm going to ask that you just lift your hand and say, that's me. And I'm going to pray a general prayer over us. And by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor, include me in that prayer. You're not joining a church, although at some point you should. Right now, you're starting a relationship with Jesus. One, are you ready? Today's your day. Two, he loves you right where you are, but too much to leave you where you are. One, two, three, hands in the air. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Include me in that prayer. Praise God. See you in Fairfax. God sees you wherever you are. Church, you ready to pray this nice and loud all together? Dear Jesus, I give you my life because you first gave me yours. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. So I surrender all I am, all I've done, and I put it in your hands. Now say this boldly. I am a Christian. By grace I've been saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we rejoice with those who just prayed that prayer?